I'm Theo. And I'm Juliet. And this is Apologies Accepted. We offer an entertaining look at some of the big issues in history by examining public apologies of the famous and infamous. We're looking at politicians, serial killers, actors, and you. Send us a public apology you would like to make, and we'll read it on the air and give you a chance to redeem yourself or just get some guilt off your shoulders. We're here for you. Once a week, maybe more if you're really, really sorry. Apologies accepted. The, the podcast. podcast. And I'm not Theo. And I'm not Juliet either. And that's how it always has been and always will be. Is, was, and forever shall be. We are not each other. Um, so what's shaking bacon? Wow. Okay. Well, let's start with um, the rumor mill has it that Donald Trump will be arrested next week. And yeah, like so the internet is on fire with people saying that they are going to take rifles and shoot law enforcement when they show up at Mar-a-Lago. Around and find out. Right. Please, please do that. Absolutely. <laughs> you must. You should do that for sure. Absolutely. Yes. Please do that. Go um, ahead and start now. Right. All these people that claim to love law enforcement, but we're not going to let law enforcement do its job. Right. Um, yeah, that's not how law enforcement works, everybody. Um, and so we'll see the fuck about that. Um, and then the other thing is, I have a friend... Um, to say she's adorable and sweet, but of course she's adorable and sweet because she's, she's my friend. friend. Duh. That's right. Why am I going to say positive things about my friend? Like somebody's going to come up and challenge me about her. She's <laughs> awful. So I have this friend who's adorable and sweet and um, she's dating a new person and Ooh. together they, they sat down and listened to our podcast. And oh I was God. like, I don't think you should be doing that on a date. It's the way to introduce me to your love interest right <laughs> they will fall in love with me this is dangerous for you no Absolutely. um i just never in my wildest imaginings in my wildest imaginings had us like winning every prize on the planet and 50 yeah. million dollars each and yeah you know how what were we going to do on oprah who was going to talk first be a thing of course right of course um yeah, but never did I think yeah, like but never would somebody you know listen to your podcast. Well, nobody listens to the podcast in my real life. The people that I know no. hate it. And they skip at least. They certainly skip the beginning of the podcast. Like we don't want to sure. hear you talk. We, sure. If I'm interested in the subject, I want to get to the subject. Like <laughs> okay. <laughs> Glad wow. to know that. That's great, though. I mean, obviously they love the podcast, and it was a big hit, and they're going to listen to it every every week from now on. Well, there were there were a ton of compliments that came through by way of uh, James because Vanessa, nice. yeah, uh, she called James and was like, "I didn't know there were so many episodes." <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe they've been at it this long, <laughs> right? <laughs> And they're really good. They found like, they found Aww. they sound like professional broadcasters. I'm like, well, that's sweet. Well, at this point, we are. That's right. So that's hi, right. Um, <laughs> and that's it. That's all the bacon I've got. Um, uh, living a dread of of uh, somebody else finding dinner, out. Yeah, uh, this joint dinner <laughs> for that will happen one day. Let's do a couple's date. Meet my new girlfriend. Mm, no. Oh my gosh. No. 
That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I'm back at home now. I uh, left Arizona, and on my way back, I stayed overnight at a Kimpton Hotel uh, in Los Angeles, and nobody tried to break in, thank God. So that was good. I got a good night's sleep, which is probably the first good night's sleep I got since I left here. Um, because, of course, you know, I didn't bother to look at my uh, camera to see why my camera had broken uh, until I got to Arizona, at which point I found out that someone had stolen it. And, um, you know, I had to, had actually, uh, there was video of someone going up and stealing my camera. And then I got really nervous that I was going to get broken into and didn't really sleep very well after that. So that was really exciting. Uh, but I'm home now and, and all is cool. And I'm very excited because uh, summer is coming and I'm going to rent a beach house just for a week, but um, in North Carolina. And I don't think I talked about this on the last podcast, no. but my cousin and I, um, who are, are, are good friends, um, are going to rent this beach house and she's going to bring her two kids and I'm going to bring my husband and uh, we're going to have a good time uh, in North Carolina on the beach. It's like right on the beach, like with this big deck, like this huge sweeping view of the water and the sand dunes. And it's just really nice. So um, and it's not a huge beach house like you often see those 13 room beach houses that are for rent for fifty thousand dollars a week or whatever. No, it's it's I think it's got four bedrooms or something. So it's not tiny, but um, it's a good size. It's like the perfect size for the the, the group of us. And uh, I'm totally looking forward to it. I wish that I could stay longer and um, have a have a great summer. But uh, it'll be uh, it'll be the best summer I've had in a while. I hope I'm crossing my fingers. Oh, there's so nothing better than a beach house. I love beach houses. I wish I could stay. Like I said, I wish I could stay at least a month. But I've got a job to do, unfortunately. Much as I love my job, I still have to do it. Glad you threw that in. I was going to hit pause real quick and be like, say something nice about your boss. <laughs> My boss is the best, of course. Um, so what are we talking about this week? Speaking of bosses being the best. Oh, wow. What a nice segue. Look at that. That was <laughs> that was smooth. I'm impressed. That totally marking that one down in history. Um, <laughs> well, we were going to talk about the boss of all bosses, Mr. Elon mm. Musk, a mm. certain um, CEO. I have big feelings about him. I mean, I'm going to say same, right? Yeah. Um, and for me, the challenge of doing Elon Musk I, was <laughs> how do I, it's going to be so easy for me to hate on him, right? Oh, yeah. And then that's the whole show. He's terrible. He's awful. He's terrible, right? right? And so um, can I, like, is there another way to approach this? And there wasn't. Because it's like, well, as we dive into it, we'll find out. But it's like, yeah. he does all these great things. And then there's just something shitty move that happens. Uh, and it's like, dude, hire some fucking handlers. He's the worst. You know? And I don't think he listens to anybody. And and he doesn't have to listen to anybody because he's got all the money in the world. Oh, um, yes, he does. As a matter of fact, um, before we begin, I will say, before we officially begin... I heard a quote that said, if you saved $10,000, first of all, here's the premise. You're immortal and you sprang into existence on January 1st, 80,000 BC. Okay. 80,000 years. Um, okay. So, right? If long you saved 10, a long time ago, 80,000 years ago to be exact, if you saved $10,000 a day and put it in a savings account, as of today, you would still not have as much money as Elon Musk. Wow. Now, I thought, wouldn't it be fun to use one of Elon Musk's tools to 
do a little research on Elon Musk. So for this episode, I uh, dived into chat GPT. Yeah. The open AI, um, yeah. which he's, um, he didn't found it, but he's a co, I'm going to call it a co-host. He's a co-host of it. He was co-founder <laughs> of it. Um, and chat. I didn't realize he was associated with chat GPT. Oh uh, yes. Well, and so here's the, here's the thing about Musk, right? His intentions are so noble and lofty. Uh-huh right? Uh Freeing mankind from the shackles of inequality and, um, and what would you call it? Um, the, the future of mankind is among the stars, uh, Uh fantastic, wonderful thinking. And a lot of his, um, a lot of his companies are based on the premise of this will help mankind. So solar energy or the underground pneumatic tubes, the, to get rid of, um, air pollution in part, but also traffic and congestion. Um, buying Twitter in order to make it truly the free public square for the world, right? Uh-huh. Um, all of those things. But as I said, when you dive in, it's like, oh, God, you are a piece of shit. Um, uh-huh. Anyway, I used OpenAI. And this is, um, my question was, hey, if you saved $10,000 a day for like 80,000 years, what's up? And so currently, Elon Musk is worth one hundred. billion. That's a lot. That's a lot of money. Um, This is exactly what ChatGPT told me. Okay. Assuming that January 1st, 80,000 BCE is 82,023 years ago, and that every year has 365 days, the total number of days elapsed since then would be 82,023 years times 365 days a year equals 29,923,95 days. If you save $10,000 every day since then, the total amount of money saved would be $10,000 a day times 29,923,095 days equals 299,230. So not quite true, but close enough. Wow. Yes. So if you save $10,000 a day for the last 80,000 years plus another 2,000, you'd have $299 billion. You'd Still, have $300 billion. That's a lot. Pretty impressive. How much money does he have? $189 billion? $184. Well, 184. minus $44 billion now because Twitter's not worth anything. But uh, uh, yeah. good job. Good job, Elon. Idiot. Oh, my God. Yeah. So um, take us away. Fascinating. Um I didn't realize how much money he actually had, but that's a lot of money. Um, so it's more than I have. Uh, Twitter. You mentioned Twitter. Twitter's part of the story too, because earlier this month, um, a gentleman named Harald Thorlifsen, a senior director at Twitter, who's responsible for design management, tweeted to Elon Musk directly that access to his work computer had been cut off for nine days, and his tweet said. Dear Elon Musk, with a little hand-wavy emoji, nine days ago, the access to my work computer was cut, along with about 200 other Twitter employees. However, your head of HR is not able to confirm if I am an employee or not. You've not answered my emails. Maybe if enough people retweet, you'll answer me here. Thorlifson had joined Twitter in 2021 after Twitter bought his digital design company, which I can't pronounce. It's U-E-N-O. I don't know if that's U-A-N-O or I don't know how to pronounce that. That's how I would pronounce it, but... Um, so Musk actually did respond to Thorlifson's tweet, um, but he did by asking him, well, what have you been working on? 
Um, after a discussion about whether or not Torlefson was legally able to disclose that information publicly, uh, in which Musk said, I approve it, go ahead, um, Torlefson then provided a high-level list of activities that he'd been working on. So, predictably enough, uh, Musk rudely questioned the list and demanded details. And he also tweeted, the reality is that this guy, who is independently wealthy, did no actual work, claimed as his excuse that he had a disability that prevented him from typing, yet was simultaneously tweeting up a storm. Can't say I have a lot of respect for that. And that was Musk talking about Thorlifson, not the other way around. So you could very easily say the same, almost exact things about uh, Elon Musk. But um, he was talking about Thorlifson. And Thorlifsen is based in Iceland and has been recognized by the United Nations and the president of Iceland for leading a charitable effort to build a thousand wheelchair ramps around Reykjavik. So he's not a slacker. Not at all, no. As a matter of fact, he was voted Iceland's Person of the Year. That's right, uh, in 2022, I think. So he's, um, Iceland is small, it's true, but he still has managed to do quite a bit around Iceland and uh, for the world. So he seems like somebody who would probably... Um, actually be working when he's supposed to be working and not screwing off around the job. Uh, and he actually tweeted back to Musk explaining that he has muscular dystrophy, which is a disease that causes muscle weakness, and that this makes it difficult for him to type for extended periods. I can, however, write for an hour or two at a time, he said. This wasn't a problem in Twitter 1.0 since I was a senior director and my job was mostly to help teams move forward, give them strategic and tactical advice. He added that he was tweeting on his phone, which was easier for him since it required just one finger. And this was part of a, of a string of tweets that he sent out um, explaining muscular dystrophy and how it affected him and how it affected the job that he was able to do. So it was a thoughtful uh, series of tweets, um, also partly funny because he also noted in it that he was independently wealthy in the sense that the company he started had made a lot of money as opposed to him inheriting an emerald mine. Ah, uh, yeah. So yeah. he got a couple digs in at Musk. Um, as well. And during this conversation that he was having with Musk, he did get an email from Twitter HR letting him know that he was no longer employed by Twitter. So meanwhile, while this is happening, Musk was tweeting about how Thorlifson had only confronted Musk in order to get a big payout and that he'd done almost nothing in the past four months. When someone else tweeted, I don't think it's a good idea to shit on former employees in public, Musk responded, he's the worst, sorry. So wow, that this was person that I don't know Right. Is the worst. Right, right. And I have no reason whatsoever to suspect that, except that, you know, what? I don't know why he thinks that someone was telling him in the background that this guy wasn't doing anything. I don't know what's going on. Um, and really, we don't ever find out why he had that impression, except that he just was guessing, I suppose. Uh, and several hours later, someone stepped forward to support Thorlifson. Uh, former Lonely Planet CEO Daniel Howden tweeted, As someone who has worked directly with uh, Thorlifson during a turnaround, this is super disappointing to see. Not only is his work ethic next level, his talent and humility are world class. Exactly the kind of person you want on your team when the odds are stacked. I feel certain there's a deep misunderstanding somewhere in here of, quote, did no actual work, unquote. So somehow this guy's tweet actually um, reached Musk and he... It affected him in some way because he responded, based on your comment, I just did a video call with, with Hallie Thorlifson to figure out what's real versus what I was told. It's a long story. Better to talk to people than communicate via tweet, which is hilarious. Or maybe better to talk to your HR department before right. you tweet. Although um, there's this really cute thing that was going on on TikTok um, that there is no HR department. 
at Twitter. Right. Right. Have you seen that? No. Oh, this guy's great. So, so what he says is, hey, remember Circuit City? And mm-hmm. for those listeners who are like Gen Z and, and younger, holy moly, yeah. <laughs> uh, Circuit City was Best Buy, but it was all red instead of blue. And it went out mm-hmm. of business. And I think it basically went out of business like one day. It's just like the whole company closed, right? Yeah. And so what this guy says is that a lot of his friends started claiming they had jobs at Circuit City. So instead of having oh, been a busboy for the last five years, they were like floor manager of the electronics division right, uh-huh. at Circuit City in Orlando, Florida or whatever. Wow. And um, so he said, based on what Elon Musk is doing at Twitter, it's apparent there is no HR department. So um, I, Theo, updated my Twitter profile <laughs> while I deleted it f- Twitter for a while. Um, I have not been able to go away. And so I am the former director of international trade relations and diplomacy development at Twitter, Ask mm-hmm. Elon Musk, previously Big Cheese at Circuit City. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I thought it was funny too, but it's that funny of like, you got to know the joke in order to get the joke. And right. so only a select few will really appreciate how... Old people. Yeah. Well, there's that too. <laughs> yeah. Like us. But, but anyway, yeah. So it's very clear that um, Elon Musk, who's in charge of doing whatever he wants, whenever he wants, is not asking anybody for advice. Is there yeah. like a law in the United States where I can't <laughs> say somebody was a horrible employee publicly? God, especially if they're disabled and you blame their disability on part of why you're saying they're a horrible employee. Well, and the other fucking thing is this guy. Um, I I know Miss Halley, uh, his Twitter handle. Yeah. When um, when Twitter bought his company, right, and yep. he's hired as part of that acquisition, yep. right, um, there, there are clauses in those sorts of situations in contracts. And so yep. if you're fired unfairly, you get, it, air quotes around unfairly, but if you're fired too soon, if you're terminated by a certain date, whatever, right, right. you get lots of money. And so right. this guy was on target to get $100 million dollars. Right. Based on this termination. And then all of a sudden it becomes a case of, oh, maybe I was too hasty. Right. Well, apparently um, when the news came out that this whole thing was happening with Torlifson um, and that his payout was estimated at $100 million, uh, Tesla stock dropped by billions of dollars because they were thinking that um, Elon Musk would have to pull money out of Tesla again uh, in order to pay this guy's uh, payment payout. So um, haha, ha on you, Elon Musk. I am yeah. I am sure that the people at Tesla are just like, come on. Yeah, stop this. Just stop. <laughs> stop, Elon. Get off Twitter. Um, but there were four founders of companies that Twitter had acquired um, under uh, previous owners that were that were under the same situation as, as Torlifson. So Esther Crawford from Squad was one. Leah Culver from Breaker was another. And Martin DeKuyper from Review uh, was another. And they were all let go at the same time as uh, Torlifson. So, and they were all previously on a do not fire list because it would be so expensive to pay them out. So um, I don't know what's going on. Maybe there is no HR at Twitter. <laughs> and you're right. I mean, I'll just tell everybody, um, have Twitter prove you wrong. Yeah, exactly. Um, so then Musk did tweet an apology, which we'll get to in a minute, but I think you have some information for us before we get to the apology. I do. It's kind of a cursory overview of Elon Musk's like 
life, but his life is really his corporations. And so it's sort of like, hey, this is him. Here's some factoids about his life. And then company, 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 company. And and what I think it does is for anybody who's there were things I was unaware of or that I had known at a certain point but had forgotten. So what does it mean when you have $184 billion and like seven companies under your belt that are that are what charged with changing mankind's future? Well, this is what it means. Um, okay, so Elon Musk um, co-founded six companies, including Tesla, rocket producer SpaceX, and a tunneling startup called The Boring Company. Boring isn't too... I think this is fun. Sure, it's a boring company, but also it <laughs> bores into the earth. Um, he owns about 23% of Tesla's stock uh, and options, but has pledged more than half of his stock as collateral for loans. So this is pre-acquisition. Um, he now is the private owner of Twitter. SpaceX, founded in 2002, is worth $127 billion on its own. Um, after a funding round in May of 2022, it quadrupled its value in three years. The Boring Company, um, which aims to defeat traffic, raised $675 million in April of 2022 and is valued at $5.7 billion. Um, Twitter's board agreed to sell um, the company to Musk for $44 billion in April of 2022 after he disclosed that he had a 9.1% stake and threatened a hostile takeover. Um, and just that takeover in and of itself would be an entire like Netflix series. Um, wow. The deal closed in October of 2022 after Musk tried to back out, and then he came back in, and then he backed out again, and then he came back in, um, and Twitter sued him. Let's see. Okay. Um, Musk, who says he's worried about population collapse, has he heard there's 8 what? billion people on this planet? That's insane. Isn't it insane? It's totally insane. I think what he's afraid of is the population of white people decreasing. Oh. Right? Because those gains have not been in European countries. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's see. So Musk, who says he's worried about population collapse, has nine children with three women, including triplets and two sets of twins. Good Lord. And I'm going to say those sorts of things, um, while they do happen naturally uh, in this sort of a uh, to to have triplets and two sets of twins, I'm feeling a little IVF here, Um, but that's speculation on my part entirely. Okay, so Musk was born to a South African father and a Canadian mother. He displayed an early talent for computers and entrepreneurship. At the age of 12, he created a video game, and he sold it to a computer magazine for $500. Hmm. In 1988, after obtaining a Canadian passport, Musk left South Africa because he was unwilling to support apartheid and um, didn't want to have to participate in the military, which I guess was a thing in South Africa. Um and he wanted uh, to to avail himself to greater economic opportunities available in the United States. Musk attended Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario, and in 1992, he transferred to the University of Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, where he received a bachelor's degree in physics and economics in 1997. He enrolled in graduate school in physics at Stanford University, um, but then he left after he discovered it was Stanford. No. He left after only two days because he felt the internet had much more potential to change society than work in physics. 
Um, interesting, but also when your family owns an emerald mine, you can do whatever the fuck yeah, you want, you whenever the fuck you want to do it. Yeah. Um, in 1995, he founded Zip2, a company that provided maps and business directories to online newspapers. In 1999, Zip2 was bought by the computer manufacturer Compaq. Remember those? Mm. Um, mm-hmm. I heard you laugh there. For $307 million. Um, and then Musk founded an online financial services company, XCOM, which later became PayPal, which specialized wow. in transferring money online. Um, the online auction company eBay bought PayPal in 2002 for $1.5 billion. Right. I didn't know that about PayPal either. Um, and I remember when pre-PayPal, if I wanted to buy something on eBay, like it was an ordeal, you know, it was a thing. And I don't remember how we did that. How did I, we do that? I think you had to like do an e-check or something. Huh. Um, I could, I cannot tell you, but I, I remember, remember when PayPal came online and I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to register for that. And now I can get all the nightmare before Christmas toys I want. And then for <laughs> the longest time, PayPal was just simply, that's how you paid for things online. I mean, yeah. I only bought stuff on eBay, but whatever. Um, okay. So Muck, uh, Musk was long convinced that for life to survive, humanity has to become a multi-planet species, which is so space age and sci-fi. <laughs> Typically I'd be like, yeah, cool. And sure. Yeah, cool. Why not? Um, all of this amazing human consciousness cannot die on this rock. It must spread across the universe. Um, however, he was dissatisfied with the great expense of rocket launchers. So in 2002, he founded space exploration technology, SpaceX, to make it more affordable, um, to make more affordable rockets. Um, and so that's what he did. And so like Boeing and the other company, I forget which, um, McDonnell Douglas, right? They're rocket companies, and they get all these great, big, fat government contracts because there's just not a lot of competition out there for rocket builders, and they've been doing it for years and years and years. And like this, this shit's sewn up for them. Like they're they're the people that you the government goes to. Uh, so SpaceX came in and said, "Hey, we're going to try and do things cheaper," and then did they they did yeah. things at the third of the cost, uh, and wow. so. They are definitely stupid as the name SpaceX is. SpaceX yeah. and Space Force, the mm-hmm. United States Military Division for Space. Um, there's, some, there's some there there. Let's see. Musk had long been interested in the possibility of electronic cars, and in 2004, he became one of the major funders of Tesla, Tesla Motors. He did not invent the electric car, everybody. I kind of loosely thought he did, uh, but he did not. He was... He, just a rich kid with money and a good sense of what's coming um, and an interest in sci-fi and the future of humanity. And so electric cars, that tracks right with all of his interests. Cool, great, we need more of them. Let's, let's keep them going. Um, in 2006, Tesla introduced its first car, the Roadster, which could travel 245 miles on a single charge. Unlike most previous electric vehicles, which Musk thought were stodgy and uninteresting, and true that, because uh, it was like, they were basically just squares that appealed to um, granola-crunching hippies. Um, let's see. Uh, he So the Tesla came out with a sports car that could go from 0 to 60 miles um, in less than 4 seconds. In 2010, the company's initial public offering raised about $226 million. 
Two years later, Tesla introduced the Model S sedan, which uh, was claimed by automotive critics for its performance and design. The company won further praise for its Model X luxury SUV, which went on the market in 2015. The Model 3, a less expensive vehicle, went to production in 2017 and became the best-selling electronic electric car of all time. In 2022, Tesla sold 1.3 million vehicles. Uh, let's see. And then, so for the boring company, dissatisfied with the projected cost, uh, which was $68 billion, of a high-speed rail system in California, Musk in 2013 proposed an alternative faster system, the Hyperloop, a pneumatic tube in which a pod carrying 28 passengers would travel the 350 miles between L.A. and San Francisco in 35 minutes. Okay, I like that. At a top speed of 760 miles per hour, nearly the speed of sound. Musk claimed the Hyperloop would only cost $6 billion and that with the pods departing every two minutes on average, the system could accommodate the 6 million people who travel that route every year. However, he stated between running SpaceX and Tesla, he could not devote a lot of time to the Hyperloop's development. Um, let's see. Then he bought Twitter, and I am not going to read all of this long stuff about Twitter because it's quite long. But why Twitter, Right. And there's sort of like the, oh, Elon's this unpopular, nerdy kid who wants all the other kids to like him. So he bought the playground and has an ice cream truck pull up. But you got to be friends with Elon in order to get the ice cream. And Elon is claiming that he bought the playground because he wants all kids to have an opportunity on the swings because other kids wouldn't let me on the swings. And I know what that feels like. Um, but there's speculation that uh, he just did it to massage his uh, own ego. Whether or not that's true, I don't know. But I will say that he says that he bought it because he's an advocate of free speech and most crucially unpopular free speech coming from people that you would rather not hear, right? That's the true test of democracy and free speech. Um, And, you know, on one hand, I'm kind of like, you're from South Africa. I mean, you know, sure, you went to Canada and, and yeah, they have free speech too. But, you know, free speech in America is is a very particular, like, I think you have to grow up within it to understand really the functioning. You just don't get to say whatever you want, period. You are held accountable for what you say. And if people don't like it, they don't have to listen to it. But that's my lecture. <laughs> Problem solved. Yeah, free speech is a very specific thing, and I think people misunderstand it as believing that they can say whatever they want with no consequences. Or that you have to buy into their logic. You don't necessarily have to agree with it, but you have to understand that they are right. That's what these advocates (laughs) for free speech really want. That's what it's about. It's not about, Uh, you have to listen to what I say. It's that you have to accept that what I say is true. Oh, yuck. Hate people um, sometimes. I've got nothing against free speech, but I the people who are pro-free speech are a little bit uh, tricky. Well, yeah. I mean, I think <laughs> everyone's for free speech. The people who make it their thing. Yeah, exactly. That is. Uh, so, so, yeah. So, uh, th- so that's Elon Musk. I mean, there's no way to really separate him from his companies. Um, I didn't but- know a lot of that. That's really interesting. Right. And same, and me either. And then there's all the bullshit that also you just forget, like, 
what he said about Paul Pelosi in the public square, how Paul Pelosi uh, retweeted some conspiracy theory that Paul Pelosi was having a gay affair and that the the lover attacked uh, Mr. Pelosi with a hammer. And it's like, um, no, that no, Elon, that's that's actually not what happened. And, right. you know, on one He's hand, very irresponsible. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Uh, he wants to be treated like an average Joe, but at the same time, not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he definitely he he thinks he may think he wants to be treated like the average person, but he definitely does not. So he, he thinks he's special. Um, yes. So, so let's hear apology. how special he is. Yeah. We can talk about his apology. So this is what he said. He said, I would like to apologize to Thorleifson. He called him Hallie now. For my misunderstanding of his situation. It was based on things I was told that were untrue, or, in some cases, true, but not meaningful. He is considering remaining at Twitter. So, I mean... Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> let's just talk about... Okay, let's go through our criteria for this apology. Was there an expression of regret? No. Was there an explanation of what went wrong? No, he said yeah, he gave yeah. some excuses. He said yeah. things he was he was things that he was told were untrue. So I think that's uh, deflecting the blame. Was there an acknowledgement of responsibility? Absolutely not. He was trying to push the responsibility off onto people that told him things. Was there a declaration of repentance? No. Was there an offer of repair? He kind of implies that there's some sort of olive leaf being put out by saying he's considering remaining at Twitter, but I, I would say there's really no offer of repair. Um, and was there a request for forgiveness? Absolutely not. No. So, Theo, what would you rate this apology on a uh, scale of 1 to 10? God, I mean, oh, <laughs> God. Here's the thing. There was an apology, there... so he did apologize, which surprises me. Uh, and me too. I, I was like, wow. Um it's 0.5. It's not a one. And it's yeah. a, it's a 0.5 because, um, he at least did it and he did it and yeah. he did it publicly on Twitter and the platform. Right. And then did reach out personally to have a conversation. Um, right. and so, yeah, but, uh, you know, it's a straight 10 across the boards for being insincere and it's not really it's self-serving in that like it's saving Elon a hundred million dollars and and it reduces the risk to the Tesla stock. And it's not about the hundred million because as we know, um Elon Musk basically makes that in a day. So a hundred million dollars right. is just not I mean that's a chunk of change to him. He's not gonna come and give it to us, but he's not really gonna lose any sleep over it. You'd think. Um and when he says that Thorlifson is considering remaining at Twitter, I was not able to find any information about whether or not Thorlifson actually is considering remaining at Twitter or whether he's decided to, to, to go ahead and allow himself to be laid off or whether he's going to stay. So I bet that he just said that. Um, well, that's a tricky legal situation, right? Because yeah. what Elon Musk has now done is has said, oh, no. The decision to remain or go is in his hands. It's in the hands right. of Holly. And that's it's always in the hands of the employee to determine whether or not they're going to stay or if they go. So in this instance, if he goes, suddenly I'll bet you that $100 million buyout clause is revoked or exactly. not. Yeah. So, exactly. so that's what this is. 
So I don't know what I would do if I were Torlif Sen at this point. I mean, I guess it depends on how much money I had. If I were rich enough to say, fuck you, Twitter, I don't need the $100 million, I would probably say, fuck oh, you, Twitter, I'm gonna I don't need stay. the $100 million. And do you think I wasn't working before? Wait until you see <laughs> not working, bitch. Oh, my finger that I tweet with really hurts. <laughs> <laughs> So all right, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it. Uh, I'll give it a point five. Also, I think um, just point five because there was an apology, which stuns me. Um, so I'll give him a little bit of credit for that. But it was really a, a poor excuse for an apology. So point five to you, Elon Musk, and I wish that you would disappear off the face of the earth. Yes, boo, 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 boo. or right, go into space, go into space and colonize Mars and, and yeah, exactly. Make it I cool mean, for I, all of us. I find it hard to believe these things that you say that he's interested in bettering the world and making life better for people and whatever. I don't think that's true. How could it possibly be true when he treats everybody with such disrespect? Well, it's humanity, the concept of humanity that he values. It's not the individual humans that comprise humanity, right? So it's himself. Aside from himself, right. And I had forgotten um, that he he has self-disclosed as as being autistic, as being on the, on uh-huh. the spectrum, right? And so it's not like, oh, you're, you're on the spectrum, therefore maybe there's some forgiveness that needs to come your way because you don't know how uh, to socially interact with people. Now, that's, I, I feel like he has got social interaction down. Yeah. I think if he, if he wanted to, he could. Hire somebody to tell you. Yeah, exactly. Hire someone to tell you. Um, Well, before we move on, uh, so Elon Musk was, you know, a challenge because it was just like, oh, gosh, I personally don't care for him so much just based on stuff he has said on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I wondered, who else might I not care for? so uh-huh. much who has done great things for humanity or is an important historical figure. So let's run through this list real quick of people who are sort of at the Elon Musk camp of like, you know, electric cars. That's good. The, if it hadn't been for Tesla, we probably would still be sitting with nothing but gas cars. Right. And the occasional attempt at an electric car that can go 30 miles on a single charge. Uh-huh. Um, Okay, so this is from distractify.com. To make it okay. very clear, this is not my personal list. I'm just going to go through. Uh, they have 25 legendary historical heroes who did unspeakable things. Oh, no. We're not going to go through all 25. Oh. We'll just go through the ones where I'm like, wow, okay. So Mother Teresa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, that one's not so hard anymore. Uh, when I was growing up, Mother Teresa was the most beloved, important religious figure in the world, mm-hmm. outside of like the Pope and the Dalai Lama, etc. Like holy woman, I think she's a saint. Yeah, I think she is. Like they they sped up that process for Mother yeah. Teresa because she was so beloved. I remember the, the day that she died, and people were like, "Oh, the goodness has gone out of the world," mm-hmm. um, and so cool. That's changed. In the last uh-huh. couple of uh, years, right? Mother Teresa is the person you reference when you're comparing someone to a living saint. In fact, she literally became a saint in 2016. But her selfless image was just that, an image. Mother Teresa believed poor people should suffer. Um, 
so most of her missions didn't provide adequate medical care um, to the most of the people that live there. She cavorted with dictators, their word, while purposely misguiding the charitable funding meant to help those less fortunate than her. The biggest criticism I've heard leveled against Mother Teresa is that when she was sick, she was on a plane going to a Western hospital to get uh-huh. care and assistance, right? Thank uh-huh. you, medication. Yep. But in her own uh, uh, charitable homes, uh, suffering was beautiful because it brought you closer to God, right? A little sadistic. Um, let's look at Mahatma Gandhi. Uh-oh. I know, right? I was like, what? Um much like Mother Teresa, Gandhi is one of the names you invoke when speaking about peaceful resistance in the fight for freedom. But he had weird sex behaviors. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. But was he whipping puppies? Like, so what's weird, right? I, um, he preached celibacy for newlyweds while he engaged in sexual behavior with many women, some of whom were married to other men, many of whom were much younger than he, and at least one who was related to him. He wow. believed he was exempt from his own teachings, that he was a more powerful being, uh, but it seems like he was just a, hip- a hypocritical old horn dog. <laughs> Interesting word. Okay. Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, maybe. Okay. What's up, Abraham Lincoln? Um, Abraham Lincoln is the president who signed the Emancipation Proclamation, effectively ending slavery. He became a symbol for progressive politics and a belief in equality. But he was extremely racist. Um, He's on record of saying, in fact, that he was not in favor of, open quote, the social and political equality of the white and black races, close quote. He didn't want black people to vote or hold office or marry white people. He may have hated slavery, but he did at least believe in uh, the inequality, right? And I'll say like, okay, well, it was time and everybody was racist. And yes, it was about slavery being a an immoral, what do they call it? Um, I forget. Um, it's that oh. th- institution. That's the word I'm looking oh, okay. for, right? An immoral institution. Um, and a lot of abolitionists were also racist. So sure. Um, Martin Luther King. How are you Uh-oh. on this list, Martin Luther King? Uh, to sacrifice, distractify, you might be losing a reader. Um, Martin Luther King was a legendary fighter for civil rights. We have a whole holiday dedicated to celebrating his legacy, but it turns out the version that we have of him is simplified and sanitized. Well, that's true of everybody in his. Okay, but uh-huh. fine. Um, so apparently he plagiarized some passages of his dissertation. He had a lot of mistresses. Um, he reportedly watched a friend who was also a pastor rape a woman, which that oh just can't be true. That feels like slander uh, and stupid FBI racist things from that era being coughed up. Um, let's see. All of that said, the FBI tried their darndest to ruin MLK when he was alive. So take the salt with a grain of salt while the documents are still sealed until... 2027 special episode Ooh, coming up. That's four years away. Yeah. Um, let's see. John Lennon. Um, basically, they just say that he hit a lot of people, mostly women, and that John Lennon said, that is why I'm always on about peace, you see. It is the most violent people who go for love and peace. Hmm. Okay. Elvis Presley. Um 
dated a lot of 14-year-old girls, cheated on his 15-year-old girlfriend while he was in his 20s, and ultimately settled down with Priscilla Presley, who was 14 years old, to Elvis's 24 when they met. He also installed a two-way mirror in his Palm Springs home and would spy on couples having sex during his wild parties. Creepy. After he and Priscilla split, he pursued another 14-year-old girl. He eventually moved in with 21-year-old Ginger Alden, who recounted his erratic behavior, abuse, and habits of shooting gun in the air threateningly. Hmm. Yikes. Winston Churchill. Uh. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's only going to be problematic here. Um, so his thing, you know, hero of the, I was going to say civil war. That was it. World war one, yeah, right. world war two. Oh my God. <laughs> Some war, uh, British. Sure. Um, apparently very rape, rapist, very racist, very rapist, <laughs> very rapist. <laughs> pretty racist. Um, and let's see. And big colonialist loved, loved, yeah. loved being British and Britain owned the world. Roald Dahl, Roald Dahl. Oh, I, I was like, oh, okay, Roald Dahl didn't like kids, and so that's all right in my book. No, yeah. anti-Semitic. Yeah. Yeah. It was racist. I don't know that I knew that, but um, yeah, it's true. it does kind of ruin my childhood a bit. It does. Uh, let's see here. Scrolling a little faster. Do you care about Charlie Chaplin? Sure. Okay, uh, he was a comedy film star of the 20s, but his personal life was pretty not funny. He was quite cruel and selfish. He claimed to have slept with over 2,000 women, many of them hmm. too young to consent, according to the law. Wow. He married 16-year-old Mildred Harris after she convinced him she was pregnant. She was not. Wow. And he treated her so poorly, she had a breakdown. After they divorced, um, he became enamored with Lita Gray, a 12-year-old, whom oh, he, no. but he is a hero because he refrained from pursuing her until she was 16. Oh my God. He married several other very young women, including Una O'Neill when she was 18 and he was 54. Wow. Uh, John Wayne, no surprise. We all know he was a racist. Uh, he believed in white supremacy and he came right out and he just said, I believe in white supremacy. Um... Coco Chanel. Do we care about Coco Chanel? We know about Coco Chanel. I didn't know about Coco Chanel. Oh, okay. She's a Nazi sympathizer. Yeah. Um, Steve Jobs apparently um, denied he had a daughter for years, and she lived with her mother in poverty while he made millions. Uh, they reconnected, and he started paying child support. Walt Disney... Walt Disney, anti-Semitic, and um, I don't know how, how. Okay, notice, notice how I'm getting ready to build an exception for Walt Disney, <laughs> right? Because mm. my entire childhood cannot have been a lie. I mm. no, 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 no. That's um, many years of your adulthood working at Disney. I did, and so that chip is still implanted there, and I am yeah. programmed to protect all things Disney. Um, okay, so yeah, so he was anti-Semitic. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, and let's see. Oh, okay, let's let's read the whole thing. He may be responsible for some of the most uh, for most of the entertainment for every young child in the United States. Um, but he wasn't a fan of the Jews. He welcomed Nazi director 
Lenny Reisenstahl. Reisenstahl. Thank you. I've never heard of that person. Uh, welcome to the studio in 1938. And there are several anti-Semitic portrayals of characters in old cartoons. While he may not personally have had much against the Jews, he didn't do much to quell the voices of others who did. He was also racist and sexist in all the usual ways of the 30s. Um, so, and this is a quote, not quite as outwardly sinister as some others on this list, but still bad. Okay, uh, all right. Um, Aristotle, view of women, 2,000 years old, who cares? Huh. Chuck Berry transported a young girl across state lines for immoral purposes. In 1988, he punched his wife in the mouth. Um, Teddy Roosevelt did not like black people or indigenous people. He was a white nationalist and a fan of eugenics. FDR? FDR? FDR. FDR was hailed as a heroic president, but he turned away tons of refugees seeking asylum because he believed they were a threat to national security. Also, he cheated on Eleanor a lot, um, even rewriting his will to leave one mistress, Missy Hehan, half of his estate. I don't think Eleanor cared too much. Frank Lloyd Wright. Oh, my God. I didn't think we were going to go through all of them. Um, all these people are horrible. <laughs> Frank Lloyd Wright, it was a narcissist and a control freak, a spendthrift and an adulterer who led a life marked by scandal, debt, and even murder. He bragged about himself like none other and was so obsessed with himself and his work, he ran out on his wife and kids and into the arms of a client's wife um, where they had children. Um, wait. Okay, so he ran into the arms of a client's wife, whom, along with her children, were one day murdered by their houseman. Well, that's wow. not anything to do with him, but oh, oh yeah, I get, unless he hired the houseman yeah. to, to murder yeah. them. I shouldn't make a joke about people who were murdered, sorry. Um, Miles Davis, he was evil and prone to volcanic outbursts. He abused women. Okay. That's so sad. Dr. Seuss, a little bit racist in some of his earlier works. Um, and he supported the mass incarceration of Japanese Americans. Oh, no. Yeah. Patrick Henry, who shouted, give me liberty or give me death, then said he didn't want death. No. Give me liberty or give me death and help shape the country. But he also locked his wife in the basement. To be fair. No. Well, to be fair. <laughs> okay. Hold fair. on. He locked his wife in the basement. But to be fair. That's where she, she was. was a bitch. It was her happy place. Oh, that's better. <laughs> <laughs> he reportedly did so because she didn't want to. He he reportedly did so because he didn't want to send her to a mental hospital, which would have been brutal oh. back then. Um, no. uh, let's see. All right, Thomas Edison. We know he stole a lot of other people's work. T. S. Eliot just didn't understand capitalization. Um. Now, T.S. Eliot seemed to be a raging anti-Semite. Um, oh. Yeah, and and that was that. So, problematic people to the left of us and to the right of us. Yeah. But they have shaped Everyone our history. Yeah. In some way. It's terrible. I'm very um, disappointed. I do like, I do like uh, Holly Thorleifson, though, from the story with uh, Elon Musk. I think he sounds like a good guy. Um, and I would shake his hand if I met him in Iceland when I go to Iceland. Um, oh, he's a terrible and, guy. He participates in the drowning kitten ritual that they do in Iceland. 
You should like him at all. He's terrible. Can you learn anything this episode? Everybody's I didn't problematic. I not anything about the drowning kittens. Awful. Um, that's funny. Uh, and he also said something which I think is funny. He said, there are two types of designers. One, the one that complains about not having a seat at the table. And two, the one that doesn't want to join the meetings. And it's both the same designer. I think that applies to everybody. So uh, people are constantly complaining that they're not consulted, but they don't want to go to any meetings. So it's a, it's a truism. It is. I was going to call it a double-edged sword. That's not it at all. <laughs> it's a double-edged sword being a designer. Double-edged sword. All right. Anything else for today, Theo? Well, um, I've got an, an apology oh, yeah. expected. Got an apology expected. I forgot yeah. about that. How could I, I forget? What is it? Um, well, I'm going to reference our opener, which is Mar-a-Lago and future apology expected from somebody who will be forming the Patriot Moat around uh, Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> Yeah, that's what they're calling it, the Patriot Moat. What? Are you kidding me? This is real? Oh, I do. Um, you you know there's going to be some idiot, actually more than one. There will be... Yeah. There'll probably be hundreds of idiots, right, down in Florida with their guns, waiting to oh, sure. take out the yeah. feds. This is yeah. the big moment, except it won't be the feds that are coming, right? Um, and there's this question of... If Trump is arrested, what does the Secret Service do? And it's like, mm, huh. well, the Secret Service is not there to protect him from the laws of the United States of America. Right. Right. Um, right. So don't get in the way of other law enforcement officers right. doing their job. And we all Absolutely. believe in the judicial system because Roe v. Wade Hopefully. was overturned and we're all abiding by that. So oh, the law has some teeth. And, yeah. if, and you guys, you know. Yeah, let him go through the legal system. Sorry that your Lord and Savior is a schmuck, but there you go. Anyway, so future apology expected from somebody who's going to shoot an officer. Okay. Yeah, probably. Um, My apology expected is um, the person in the white hoodie who stole one of my cameras from my Arizona house owes me an apology and a camera. Yes. (laughs) I am going to figure out who that is a friend of mine who lives down there may be able to figure out who it was that stole the camera so um we're going to try and track him down and see what happens so do you think he stole it for like drug money to sell it yeah or, probably because uh, like or just boredom i mean you know one or the other they they didn't try to break into my house as far as i could tell so i don't know why they stole the camera unless it was just to steal the camera um you know, I, I, it was over a month ago that the camera stopped working and that I have video of this person stealing it. So, you know, in that month, n- nobody tried to break into my house. So Which would God. have been the time to do that, right? And so, right. You'd think they would have done it the next day or a couple days later when they realized that nobody um, was there to take, doing anything about it. So um, I just hope they don't steal the camera that we put up, replacement camera that we put up. But I guess we'll find out. You'll find out when they're on video. When they It's connecting the wires. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, that's my apology expected. Um, I guess that's it for this week. That is it for this week. We Thanks, are, everybody. We are done. Uh, yes. Yeah. So stay cool, cucumbers. Catch you on the flip side. I didn't want to steal your don't trip potato chip. Don't but trip potato chip. I love that. I don't know why I love it so much. Thank you. Thank you so happy. See you next week. Bye, Bye crunchies. <laughs>
listening to Apologies Accepted, the podcast. You can find links to the articles and the sources in the show notes. To submit an apology or find out more, visit us at apologiesaccepted.net, where you can also find our merchandise. We're on Twitter at Apologies Accepted. And on Instagram at apologies.accepted. You can support our important work at Patreon forward slash Apologies Accepted. And fuck Facebook. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>